Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. All right. Well, again, as a reminder, we are here on week 10 of the 12 Conditions of a Miracle. And this week is about engaging the cycle. And I've considered this book to be more of like a, like a miracle workers academy, kind of like how can we be miracle workers and have them express in our lives. And so one of the great things that I think this book is really opening me to is that it's, it's simple and easy to experience miracles. And there's these 10 simple steps that we've looked to so far and this, this week is about engaging the cycle. So allowing ourselves to give and receive and receive and give. And that's really what we're going to speak about today. So I want to go over the other steps, the other, the other simple things, actions that we can do that we've studied so far, just quickly as a refresher. So the first thing to remind ourselves is that miracles begin with emptiness. And the second thing is that miracles are created with alignment, aligning myself to the miracle. The third is to ask for what I want in order for the miracle to happen. And the fourth is to maximize the use of what gifts I already have. The fifth is to express generosity, selfless generosity, and that I need to give in order to create the circulation. The sixth is to ground myself so that the current of spirit can flow through me. The seventh is to visualize the desires, desired end as if it has already occurred. The eighth is to give thanks and to bless everything. The ninth is to act as if the miracle is happening and to take action. And the tenth is to engage the cycle of receiving, which is first, and giving. So in this week, we're talking about not only the, the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, but we're really talking about the idea that we receive as we give. And Todd Michael said in the book, he said, every enlightened person in history has tried to tell us that we receive as we give. So basically what goes around comes around. We, we, we reap what we sow. And uh, I have a little story for you about this. It's about a poor Scottish farmer many, many years ago. His name was Fleming. And one day Fleming heard a scream from a nearby bog. Where he was at was a very muddy, boggy area. And he saw a terrified boy screaming out and he was actually in his waist uh, to this, in this black muck. And the thing about the, the bog and the muck is that you, there's nothing, like what you're in so far, you can't really get yourself out. And the more that you move, the worse it becomes, and you can actually die from being in this, in this muck. So he was screaming, this boy was screaming, he was trying to, to free himself. And uh, Farmer Fleming, he, you know, threw 
uh, a rope out and he pulled them out and um, it probably would have been a really terrible death. But fortunately he saved the boy. And the next day, a, a fancy carriage pulled up to this farmer's land and there was an elegantly dressed nobleman who stepped out. He introduced himself as the father of the boy. And he said, you know, I wanted, I want to repay, repay you because you saved my son. And Fleming was like, no, no, I, are you kidding? Like, it, who wouldn't have saved this drowning boy? Like, this is, it, this is what we do for people. And the, the nobleman thought about that. And he said, you know, I, I think there's something that I could do. And at that moment, Fleming's son came to the door and said, you know, he was calling out his dad's name and the nobleman went, ah, you have a son. And he said, oh yes, I have a son. He said, you know what? I can pay you back. Let me, let me make you a deal. Let me take your son and give him the best education that he can have. And so the, the you know, education, what, what can you do with, with a great education? You can do anything. And so the farmer wanted the best for his son. So he decided he was going to take the nobleman on his offer and let, you know, his son go to this amazing school, which was St. Mary's Hospital Medical School in London. And the son came on to become the noted Sir Alexander Fleming who is the person who actually discovered penicillin. And, the, and this is a really cool little thing in this story. Years after Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin, the nobleman's son was stricken with pneumonia and what saved him was penicillin. So the name of the nobleman was Lord Randolph Churchill and his son was named Sir Winston Churchill. So very cool story about being engaged in the cycle of life, right? Being engaged and gifting and allowing yourself to receive and give to the world and just watching how this, this noble man received and he gave and then he, his son received again. It's like, it just was this beautiful cycle of miracles that happened. So I love that story because it really allows us to, to see that there's no end to the gifts when we're engaged in the cycle of giving and receiving. So the next point that he has in the book, Todd Michael, he talks about that resources multiply exponentially whenever you're willing to engage the circuit. And so basically, when there's a, a circular current that's established uh, in, in conjunction with the other conditions of a miracle, that resources can actually multiply exponentially as they go around the circuit. And this is what happens when electricity goes around a transformer. So as electrons flow around and around, and that there's like a series of circular coils that, that are in the transformer, the power is exponentially increased. So the voltage of the, of the electricity that emerges from the transformer exceeds the voltage of the electricity that enters. 
And so that same principle is at work, not just in a transformer, but it's also at work in our own body. So for instance, whenever we eat food, we have the cycle that's called metabolism. And the energy that's released in our own biomechanical cycles process the chemical bonds of the food that we eat. And the, the energy that is released is more than the energy that, we, that we've taken in. So if you just think about that, so that's two examples of how resources exponentially multiply whenever we're really engaged in this process, the circuit that automatically happens whenever we're willing to engage with it. And that's a circuit of the miraculous. Like it just keeps going around and, and resources open up and things are available in ways that we can't even imagine. So um, one of the things that I've been talking about every week is, is claiming my, my perfect miraculous experience of purchasing a house, which uh, for those of you who have been following me week by week <laughs> actually happened. <laughs> I, I got this amazing house and the beautiful thing was is that I engaged in the process in such a way that I was, I was doing my work, right? I was, I was praying, I was visualizing, I was affirming, I was doing the, the actions that are involved in, in acting as if it's happening. But the thing that kind of blew my mind <laughs> was that the house I got was exponentially better than what I had ever imagined was possible. And I know that's because of this, the way that the, the energy of life works. It's like when you really surrender into allowing this universe to support you and being engaged in it in a way that, that you give and you continue to receive and you give and you continue to receive, that, that just, I mean, just miraculous things happen. I've had so many experiences of that. And I, I will not, I will, I will continue to be amazed as these things continue to happen to me. And I just, I'm so grateful for it. So for all of you out there who were praying and knowing and affirming, I just want to thank you because uh, I definitely had a miraculous experience with purchasing my house. So the next point I wanted to talk about is shifting your mindset from a linear mindset to a circular mindset. So just recognizing and knowing that, that while uh, at least I believe in my schooling, my education, I've been taught like there's a timeline and I look at these lines, right? And, and really the, the energy of the universe is, is cyclical. And whenever I started studying uh, paganism and and the cycles of life, like earth-based religions, I really recognized how um, how inter interlinked we are with this with this cycle, right? So there are circular cycles where you look at the the wheel of the of the year and summer, uh, which goes into fall, which goes into winter, which goes into spring, right? So there's these there's these cycles that we engage with, and so the the entire universe is a part of these cycles that when we align with the cycles, like um, springtime and summertime is like the doingness of the year. And then the fall time and the winter time is kind of our, our going inward. It's the time of the year. And, and I've noticed that I, as I engage with the, the cycles, I feel more in alignment 
with the earth, with life around me. And I am really open to, to participating in the world in a way that really supports me. So I also think about this as like, imagine, imagine a giant slinky. So there's like, uh, you know, oh, there's like a, a bunch of interlinked um, coiled springs and all of the individual spirals um, are all part of a much larger whole, right? I wish I had one here, I could show you. <laughs> Imagine it, you've all seen a slinky. And when you pull the spirals apart, you know, you can see that it's almost as if there's individual little spirals, but when you put it together, it's like a solid experience. But when you pull it apart, it's like these little, these, these big spirals that go on, right? And if you, you know, you could actually walk from the bottom, if you were like a little tiny person, you could walk from the bottom of the slinky all the way up, right? So just walking up these spirals and just recognizing that this is, the, the, the way the slinky is, is, is how our evolution is and how our participation is in the planet. Like we're ever spiraling upward. So we may be going over the same point, right? The same point, like I, I start here and then I go up and then I'm going around this point up further and further. And while I'm over the same area, I'm at a different point in consciousness. And so we're, we're ever spiraling upward. And so, so thinking about our life and everything we're doing as, as part of an ever evolving spiral upward. So we may revisit things in our lives or um, go through things in our lives that are similar, but we're always at a different state of consciousness that's, that's always evolving upward. So that is a way that we can kind of benchmark ourselves and go, you know, I'm not, I'm, we're not on this line, this single line, we're, we're on an evolutionary cycle of consciousness that is always ever cycling upward. You know, Maynard James Keenan said, a circle is the reflection of eternity. It has no beginning and it has no end. And if you put several circles over each other, then you get a spiral. So it, it just reminds me of the importance of shifting our thinking into that idea that the circle, the spiral is how we engage in life. Like our DNA is made of spirals. Or I think about the, the circle of life from the Lion King, right? And that was such a, it's such a beautiful, a beautiful song, but it's, it's all about, this is how spiritual evolution happens. Is it happens in a spiral, it happens in a circle. It doesn't happen in a linear experience. So recognizing and knowing that that we are a part of a circular, cyclical, spiraling upward experience is, is helpful for us to engage in the idea of the miracles, that they are happening now. Uh, so to summarize and to activate the 10th condition by engaging in the cycle of life, the, the first thing you're gonna do is recognize that present entry, that energy flows through your life and to pass it on. So look for 
ways to send energy back to the circuit. Think of a circuit. It always needs to give and receive. It has to keep going, spiraling around. So when you're receiving something, it could be money, it could be support, it could be help, it could be, you know, anything, it could be a compliment, then immediately look for ways to pass it on. And I'm going to, part of this, again, is engaging in the, the parable of the loaves and fishes. And, and Jesus received, he actually, he didn't have anything. He got the loaves and the fishes from a small boy who gave it to him. And then he looked for ways to give this back out into the multitudes, right? So he was, he was receiving and then he was giving back out. So the second thing to activate the 10th condition of miracle is to be an excellent team player. So imagine that the universe is like a championship basketball team. The ball is never still. Each person is valuable. It's passed around. Each person is utilized for their skill set. And that's really important is to, to recognize that every person has a part to play in this universe. The third thing is to never drop the ball. So basically be somebody who's reliable, be somebody who can be counted on and um, that you can be, people can rely on you consistently. The fourth thing to activate this 10th condition is to remember that growth occurs in cycles. So think about the rings in a tree, right? That, that the great trees have droughts, they have fires, they have all kinds of things. And so then there's like growth and then there's being still. And then there's growth and there's being still. And so just honor the ebbs and flows of life. And the fifth thing that Todd Michael recommended is to, to, to know that a smart captain uses an ebb, an ebb tide to patch the holes of his or her vessel. So basically use any downtime in your life to prepare your vessel to receive when the flow returns. So that is the completion of activating the 10th condition. I want to remind you to just recognize and know that you are part of the ebb and flow in the cycle of life. And so to engage with the cycle in order to experience miracles. And so it is.